Hello, I'm Jeff Watts and welcome to episode 82 of the Agile Pubcast. This episode takes place just a week into the lockdown in the UK based on the coronavirus pandemic and Paul and I, obviously, getting it together remotely over Zoom, we were talking about some tips for getting used to working from home if you're not used to that, dressing up, getting into a routine, having meetings and training courses online and the adjustments that we've made and other people have made to our working practices to be more effective in a more online world. And challenging some of the assumptions that we previously had about remote working and remote training. Anyway, we both hope you're staying safe at home and enjoying these episodes. And we're going to try and put a few more out than we normally would to keep you entertained over these weird times that we're facing at the moment. Anyway, the jingle hasn't changed, so get your drinks and let's play that jingle. Open that bad boy, what have you got there? So I've got another bottle. I'm just sounding like I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I've got... (laughs) I got a bottle of Rascal. There's not a lot, not a lot left in the supermarkets, but I got a bottle of Thatcher's Rascal. Had a lot of Thatcher stuff in my cider drinking time. So the Thatcher's do Thatcher's Gold, which is I think their most popular one. They do a Thatcher's Haze, which is my favourite of the Thatcher's. But this is a new one that says Thatcher's Rascal, but it's a medium dry, which is not something I'd normally buy, but it's all Sainsbury's had. Yeah, it's it's um it's not it's it's reasonably sweet. How does it compare to haze? Oh, it's not as good as haze. Yeah, but in what way? Well, it's just I suppose it's a bit a bit rougher. I suppose a bit a bit more earthy. A bit like you at the moment. Yeah, I know. People, <laughs> people, I, I'm, 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 it's getting worse. People can't see if they're not on the can't see the camera, but I haven't shaved now since. Probably over a week ago, over, over, well, probably a week, 10 days. Imagine Tom Hanks on Castaway. <laughs> well, I'm thinking maybe I'll go all the way through to, to the end of lockdown and see, see how I look. <laughs> measure, the, measure the impact of social distancing by Paul's beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's an estimation process, isn't it? The length of Paul's beard. <laughs> how, long will it, how long will the longest hair be on my beard by the end of this? But no, yeah, it's, um, I'm kind of... Well, you, you can't, you, this lockdown situation, I don't really care. I know I've, you, I've, I've got a few calls in front of the camera, but I'll try and dress up a little bit. But for the other four and a half days of the week that I'm, um, I'm at home, it's only my, my wife and kids that see me. So I'm getting a bit lazy, I suppose, about my appearance. Well, I mean, this is, this is something to talk about, actually. Um, but I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I'm drinking first. Yeah, go on, go on. Because for a change, we've got something... A little bit more interesting because this is my working from home brew. Oh, that I've made myself. You can see it. People are holding it. The head's gone now. I've, I've I've had a bit of a sip already. But this you've um, it's got a a good pun as a name, hasn't it? Didn't you working name it? Working from home brew. Working from home brew. Yeah, I like it. Like a like a bit, bit of a pun. And, and how is it? Well, I've mixed this myself. Yeah. So this isn't this isn't my first go now. So I've, I've had a couple of goes now. I've mixed the hops together. 
So this has got four different types of hops in it. Mm. So it is quite, <clears throat> when you take the lid off, it hoppy. was quite, yeah. What does hoppy mean though? What does that, for me that doesn't understand and doesn't well, like ale, what does it mean? Hops are basically flowers. Right. That you dry out and you stick in the beer in the, during the fermentation process. Um, and it gives it, it gives it a flavour. Right. But, and a smell. Um, and diff the different types of flowers, they're, they're, hops are a type of flower, and the different ones have different characteristics. So I've gone, I've gone for a, a largely English ale base mm. um, and thrown in a bit, uh, some American hops for a little bit more citrus bitterness and some, um, some Eastern European hops, stirring okay. holding hops which make it a little bit, for me, tastes a little bit like a cross between an English ale and a, and a sort of Belgian beer. Okay. So almost, almost a little bit vice beery, but too, but bitter and a little bit sour. So well, that, when you held it up then, it was quite cloudy. Well, it hasn't finished settling yet. Oh, okay. I can, it's drinkable. It's, yeah. And it's more than drinkable in terms of that, but it, it, you are able to drink it is what I mean. Um, but in another week's time, it will be a lot clearer than this. Are you happy with it? How's it taste? Yeah, no, How's I like the taste? It, yes. Yeah. Is it strong? Have you tested the uh, alcoholic proof? It's five and a half percent. Not really a session ale, then. No, no, a little bit stronger than normal. But yeah. um, forty pints should get me through. <laughs> I have to start another one off in a couple of weeks. Get you through lockdown, maybe. The first, maybe the first the wave first, of lockdown. Yeah, the first iteration of lockdown. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. But it is, um, on that note, I was listening to the, I think it was the Deputy Chief Medical Officer on, on the news or on, on the, um, the BBC website, saying that they're working in three-week sprints. That she didn't say that, but that's effectively what they're doing, isn't it? Well, they're they're, reviewing, every they're reviewing every three weeks, and then they will make uh, an adjustment if they need to, based on the data that they're hearing. So it is... Yeah they're adopting an iterative approach to the lockdown situation. And they can't put an end date on it. This is, this is something that people are crying out for, isn't it? When will this be over? And they, yeah. Um, you and I, one of our favorite Ted talks is Tim Harford trial and error in the God complex. And he said, you know, when politicians come out and say, we don't know, we're going to yeah. try will be the day that he really believes that we've, we've got it. Yeah. And this is, this is, this is complex. They don't know the answer and they're going to have to inspect and adapt. So I'm pleased to see that they're not offering false certainty, false yeah. Yeah. assurances. So yeah, these, these social distance models and, and, and these are experiments that, you know, these rules that they're putting in place, they'll try this experiment for three weeks and then they'll review whether that experiment's working and carry on with it or they'll try something else. So. And one of the reasons they've got three week, period is because they believe there's a two-week lag so oh okay we change our behaviors now we see the impacts of those behavioral changes in two weeks time yeah which i think is part and i'm not an epidemiologist or anything like that but yeah, i think from what i read it's to do with the life cycle of the virus itself uh -huh. incubation times and things like that so they yeah. will be able to see the impacts of it yeah then they have new data with which they can act yeah but going back to your earlier comment about getting dressed, this is something I introduced to my children yesterday, a, a rule, um, and we got tears. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> so we had two teenagers and a one-year-old. Um, and teenagers sort of seen this as, as an excuse of, well, I don't need to get dressed. 
<laughs> they stayed in their pajamas all day, and, and we said, "Yeah, that's that's not really acceptable, and it's not a good thing either." And bless her, my daughter said, "I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah. Don't give me a rule if I can't understand the meaning behind it." And I, I absolutely get that. Yeah. So I tried to explain that you know we're going to be doing work. We're we're doing jobs around the house. Yeah. We're doing some school work. Um, as lovely as he is, looking after and entertaining my one-year-old is kind of work. Yeah. And for me, get, having that ritual of, of getting ready, washed, shaved, dressed, gets you in the mindset of, and now I'm ready for the day. Yeah. Rather than wandering through. If I'm walking through the house in my pajamas, I'm mm -hmm. still kind of sleepy. I'm not really up yet. Yeah. Chance that I might just go back to bed. Yeah. And I think you approach tasks in a different way if you're ready day ready but you don't yeah. yeah go on do you do you do you sense that i do i don't um <clears throat> i do i i get that my diet my readiness i think is measured and probably achieved in different ways so i view exercise as, as readiness so I generally feel more ready for the day if I've gone out for a run first thing in the morning. And I know at the, so at the moment, because largely because the kids are at home, I'm not doing that as often because we're trying to do the exercise together. Okay. And it's not fair of my kids to go out on a, you know, a one plus two, one to three mile run every morning because, you know, the legs aren't long enough for that yet. So we're doing other stuff. So I feel, yes, I did it last week. I think I did it on Sunday, actually. I, did, I went out for a run, went out for an early run on a Sunday morning, but, and, and I came back and it felt great. And it's very much, I feel much more like I can sit down for a time box and then do some work if I've achieved that first. Um, I don't, yeah, for me, the actual, the, 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 I know some people that actually do when they're working from home before this um, COVID-19 stuff, but, just the diligence of working from home in a suit in a shirt and tie of putting that on and sitting at home because they felt when they stepped through that office door they're working from home they are in the office so i i, I did kind of get that i but i've never been one to stick with the clothing um just doesn't really switch on readiness for me but exercise does whatever whatever your switch is yeah. and it's usually a ritual because it sends an unconscious message to a part of your brain of what's coming next. Mm -hmm. So when I get ready, I know then I am, but the next thing for me is focused, whatever that be. Yeah. Do you exercise. Um, and we didn't think it was that, that harsh to say you need to be dressed, washed, clean yeah. by 11 o'clock in the morning. I thought 11 o'clock was a fairly flexible no, <laughs> time frame. That's fair enough. And also, it's, we are creatures of habit and we're creatures of routine, aren't we? So my kids are, are you know, we, we still have, a, we treat it as best we can, like the day starts at nine o'clock and they're doing the Joe Wicks thing. I know a lot of people are also doing the Joe Wicks thing with, with young kids as well. It, that's, a, that's a good way because that's a, a fixed time each day. And you know that when that happens, that's the start of the school day for us. So we do our, our 30 minutes of Joe Wicks and then they're ready then to actually start doing some lessons and the lessons are probably a bit more flexible at home now than they would be at school but they know the routine if they do some work and they can have a break in the garden if it's dry enough they can go outside they come back and do a bit more work and then they get their lunch so that there is that kind of cadence to 
the time box and the routines slightly by trying to just get that into a more repeatable pattern. Um, and I think without that, without that structure, we'd be, well, we, I think we'd notice the kids would become a lot more distracted. And it's quite hard even now to keep, to keep them on, on, on focus for 45 minutes or whatever. But mm. um, we'd be, I think we'd be in a much worse situation if we didn't have that, that kind of structure. And if we're very lucky um, that we've got a garden Mm. And we, it's, it's, it's things like that that we've noticed that we don't, we've perhaps taken for granted that perhaps, um, and people don't have that. People that don't have an outdoor space or yeah. they, don't, they don't even have a different, a different room they can just step into. And it's times like this, you think, crikey, how much have we been taking these things for granted? And our kids, my kids, probably won't realise that now, but they might realise that in 10, 15 years' time. Yeah, yeah. So it's, well, um, we, we've, we've gone for a structure as well and, and we're lucky in that we've got somewhere that they can go for their exercise yeah um but we co-created our structure so my my oldest are a bit older than yours yeah um, and so they're a little bit more comfortable with those bigger time boxes of work because they'll have hour-long lessons at school and stuff um so we've given them some constraints to operate within so three school work blocks during the day mm -hmm. two household chores during the day one block of exercise during the day mm -hmm. which they agreed and then they could work out where when to do that right and what subjects or topics to do what exercise to do which jobs to pull from the household list of chores to do okay so there's a, a long a, lot, a large element of autonomy there within some mutually agreed constraints so you agreed that yesterday, today's Tuesday, today's Monday. You, when did you agree this? this? We agreed yesterday, yeah, okay. to start today. So today, today is day one? Day one, yeah. Everything's going all right so far? So far, yeah. Um, yeah, so they've, they've picked their, their tasks. Um, they've started on the work. I think Cody's two, two out of his three blocks were done already. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's going all right so far. And I think that, that element of structure, so... It's, it's funny, he's, he's, um, he's a good kid and, and it's quite normal for a human being to get dragged into something easy. So he would openly admit quite happily sit on his computer for 14 hours and not realise that he's yeah. 14 hours. Yeah. But actually he realises that while that is in one way pleasurable, it's also not. But it's yeah. hard to stop yourself from... from doing that unless you've got something to replace it with something mm. worthwhile and meaningful to replace it with so um yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes this is it's gonna it's it's hard I, yeah. I imagine it like you said it's a lot harder for a lot more people yeah um if you're in a smaller space um without access to your own little bit of garden maybe mm. yeah tough, tough. It's, it's tough for it's people tough yeah 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 and, you know, I'm having to be quite smart about how I do my work during the day. So I'm not having big blocks of time. It's little focus blocks of time. And I'm committing to less stuff in a day. So maybe three, three hour long blocks, maybe. Yeah. Where I can get something done, you know, when, when baby's asleep. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much more fluid. Yeah, it's much more, yeah. Same with me. I try to, I try and be a lot more diligent in the morning so so when the kids start that kind of nine o'clock nine thirty i'll try and get to at least two two and a half hours done in the morning i'll break for lunch at the same time as they do 
And then, well, it's like today is a good example. We decided to do our exercise uh, after lunch today. So we went for a walk uh, as a family today. So that's obviously changed around how I'm doing this um, in my afternoon. So yeah, it's a lot more fluid. And I, that's the beauty of it really is that I can fit in when, when they're doing some work, I'll try and do some work as well. So obviously there are some things where we can't, you know, we've committed to you. I know you've run and you've got another one coming up. Haven't you another online training course? Yeah. So that's obviously those things are in the diary and they, you know, there's probably a bit more pressure on those to obviously to do those at the, at the times that you stated. And I'm probably a bit more nervous about those and, and about being, I will. So interest. So I, I yeah, <laughs> Sabrina said to me, my wife said to me, you are going to dress up for this, aren't you? And I, I was running a, so it was a private class for, for a company that I know reasonably well. And I kind of knew that everyone would be dialing into this uh, on the on Zoom call, but pretty much in their kitchen or, you know, in their, in their bedroom, when, in whatever clothes they've got on at that time. So I kind of knew it was a fairly laid back. But I, again, Sabrina said, you are going to, you know, you're going to look professional for this. You're going to, you're going to do that. And, and I did, I, I, you know, I, I put a, I made him put a different shirt on and I, you know, I, I owned a shirt, Jeff. So I know you'd be, um, you'd be surprised to hear that, but yeah. So I, uh, I do, I do, I do tend to feel a bit more pressure and a bit more um, stress around doing that more fixed online training. Very different that you've done one very different. Would you say? I've done one. Yeah, and um, I don't really have many others in the in the diary. Um, no. So for, for other people's benefit, we we were allowed to replace our on-person training classes, in-person training classes, with online training classes, as long as they were already in the calendar before all this kicked off, to stop people trying to you know just schedule loads and loads of online training classes. Yeah, profiteering over it. Yeah, taking advantage of the situation, which I, I fully support. Um, so I, as it happened, I just didn't have many training classes in the calendar. So um, I was doing a lot of online, uh, on-site coaching work. So I had one, which we, a handful of people were, were happy to, to give it a go. The rest would rather defer until yeah. later on in the year. So it went well, actually. It went, I was surprised with, with how much they enjoyed it and um, how I managed to, an old dog like me, pick up some some new tricks out there with, with some new tools that I'd never used before and some that I had but hadn't really wasn't really aware of the full capabilities yeah. that were there. And I'm I'm learning about Zoom all the time. I know I think of all I know a lot of different people are using a lot of different things and I get that. There's a lot of variety and a lot of different choices. There's a lot of free stuff, there's a lot of paid stuff. But I went down the Zoom route and um paid for a I think it's a pro version I think I paid for which does give you access to more features but the amount of stuff I've learned from other people that say well did you know you could do this and did you know that you can actually you know separate these breakout rooms and things like that you can do you can reassign breakout rooms and you can do non-verbal feedback in these things and all these little features that I'm learning as I go mm. from people are not not on that not on the, my courses but just that just on social media now, just sharing a lot of this stuff is it's the speed. I think I'm genuinely surprised and pleased at the speed at which you can learn these things. And people are accepting that that is the only way we can do things now. So we've got to make these tools work for us. A lot of scrum trainers are genuinely surprised at what is available to them and what you can do with a lot of these different tools that are fairly, 
they're out there already, but we just we're not we're not using them yet. And there's there's different ways to teach. You don't necessarily have to be in the room. Yeah, and you can still get. Um, but yeah, things again. So again, you, yeah, you make a good point about trying to think about differently. If they're the the classroom, so and I talk about the class classroom management a lot, and in terms of some of the stories, some of the situations I can remember being in back in the BT days of um, people falling asleep. Not so. <laughs> be careful how I say this. Um, so. Nigel would remember this if he was here. We would be teaching a class in BT. And let's be honest, there would be some pe people we're teaching that didn't want to be taught. They'd have, yeah, been they'd, yeah, they'd have been told to go to this training course for two days and sit. They'd be sit back in their chair with their arms crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Paul, teach me then. Yeah, tell, me, so, tell me something I don't know. And um, you get these people that, so, so we sat in the, the room and you'd be trying to keep capture their imagination for, for two days and you, you get to after lunch on day one and you quite, it'd be quite blatantly, people would be distracted or some people would even fall asleep. And um, bless him, Nigel, he won't mind me saying this, uh, he would, Nigel would walk around, the, so we used to co-facilitate and co-teach and he would walk around the room and physically kind of kick people's chairs to wake them up. So in a way that other people would have noticed that he kicked the chair yeah. um, to try and uh, bring them back into reality. And it's things like that I worry about slightly more about Zoom is that if you've got 9, 10, 12 people on a, on a, on a Zoom screen in a nice gallery view, yeah. how do you really know that all those people are actually engaged in what you're saying all the time? I don't. And is, if they're not, is that a problem? That's probably my, that's my question, really. Mm. Am I trying to treat it too much like a face-to-face -face class, whereas it's actually very different? The the learning can be a lot more, um, you know, passive. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Mm. Well, I mean, one my, just my own experience from a ridiculously small sample size was the one thing I learned. There was a very in a very small class. We didn't need some of the the more common. Uh, what would you call them? Sort of rules of thumb, not words, working agreements, I suppose. Yeah. So, quite a common working agreement in, in online calls is mute unless you're talking. Yeah. But we didn't actually need that because there were only six of us. But that's the thing with smaller class. So, I think, yeah, that does make a huge. You're much more, you're, you're more likely to, it's kind of the metaphorically sat around a table together, aren't you, that you would do if you're eating a meal. So, with those kind of numbers, you can probably do that without splitting off into to sub conversations. I agree. But, but we still did. We still split off into breakout rooms so that they could have their own focused conversation on one question or one topic. Yeah. And somebody else, the others could work on something else and we could have different variations to compare without talking over one another. And that, that, that was great. But yeah, we could, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have to, to keep looking to see if someone had fallen asleep or, or because they would just join in. Even if they were just nodding along, you could keep six pictures on the screen, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, someone else pointed out having actually one of one of the people in my class pointed out that he, uh, he he didn't think of this beforehand. But at the end of day one, thought, do you know, it'd be really useful if I had a second monitor because I could have the Zoom on one screen and, and what's being shared on another. Mm. And I think, yeah, if uh, if I was going to do more of it, I would I would do that. I would have another monitor set up in here. Mm. Because the scrum lights have been quite clear about some of the constraints we have to work in, don't they? In terms of, I think we have to have visual contact 
throughout or something like yeah. that we've kind of that 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 out the commitment that we're making as a trainer is that we'll maintain visual contact for two days in some way shape or form so it doesn't have to be conversational but we can see the people in the class on a fairly consistent basis throughout that so but but again so zoom gives you that flexibility that you can dip it you can i i, I did do that so in towards on, on the second day of my class i would just drop in to breakout rooms unannounced yeah. just to check up and then you can quite quickly hear if the conversation is on track or whether they're just completely all gone off and done their own thing and they're not even talking to each other so mm -hmm. i did that a bit more on the second day and things like that actually to treat it like i would do a face-to-face -face class yeah um yeah the same thing with, with ceremonies right just normal agile ceremonies like daily scrums planning sessions things like that mm -hmm. similar kind of challenges for facilitation Mm. Um, we've probably been guilty of focusing predominantly from the centralized and making a token gesture to those who have been remote mm. <clears throat> yes rather than thinking let's prioritize remote first yeah and let those who who have the greater bandwidth adapt their situation yeah which reminds me of your 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 comment or insight from comedy store players having guests in, in that yeah. the core will adapt to the guest rather than the guest having to adapt to the core. Mm. And I think that that's just challenging a, a, a an, an unknown or an unconscious bias that we have. I think we all have, yeah, we, we've got a bit complacent. I think we have, I, I think as trainers, I'll, I'll write, I'll, 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 generalize that everyone has but i have i think once you get established that this is how i run a class and i get feedback saying this is people how people like the way i run the class and you do your flip charts and you do your drawings and you do that you've got your, your pattern you've got your your jokes and all the stories that you tell i think i think you do i think i got a bit complacent about a formula that you just keep reapplying and, and it'll work and it's and it's been that kind of jolt for me that Crikey, okay, this is happening. I've got a, I can't just sit on my hands now for six, nine, 12 months. I've got to pivot here and I've got to think of something different. And um, it is, I've, I felt it's actually stretched me in, in a good way, I think. Well, that's, I, I, I'm careful. So I, I don't want to come across as um, just ignoring what's going on out there because what is going on out there is, is, bad right yeah um but my default is to try and see the positives see the upsides and, and that's been the interesting thing for me is speaking to quite a few people is that yeah that the, the the initial response is i've lost my freedom i've lost my liberty and i'm mm. scared i'm anxious but there's some there's some positives that people are noticing so my assumptions in the past i i knew for a fact that online training would never be as good as in person Mm. and now i'm starting to question that mm. whether whether my fact actually was a fact or whether it was just an assumption and so what were the assumptions behind that when we talked about a few of them but you can't get through as much material maybe but what i, what I did find is that we actually went at a much more comfortable pace it felt like too slow to begin with so as an example 
you and I, when we run a class, we generally operate on a sort of cadence of 90 minutes, right? We'll have yeah. 90 minutes and we'll have a 15-minute break. Yeah. And that 15-minute break, I ask people to stretch their legs, get coffee, go to the toilet, just reset their minds, get out of the classroom and just settle again before coming back and focusing. But online, that, that seemed too long. So on your advice, to be fair, you know, you, you tried this before me, you advised an hour. Yeah. And then a 10 minute break. And my instinct at the time and, and everybody in, in my class was really an hour. Yeah. It's not a long time. And then you've got a break and you lose your focus. And then you come back and 10 minutes isn't really a long enough break. But we tried it and, and we had regular, regular overly checking in, really, if you like. Yeah. The feedback was actually, no, that was that was good. Yeah. That was good. And it was a I I didn't leave the class feeling physically broken like i often do in an in-person class mm. and the upside was i did I, you know, I wasn't just going to the canteen or or yeah my, I, I could go in the garden and i could see my kids and say hi and that that is something i don't get a lot of as a mm. normal job so there are some upsides i think a lot yeah. of people are going to be thinking consciously about what they're giving up if they go back to in inverted mm. commas normal yeah it just strikes me as well as that the thinking about i've i generally thought about something I think it was a tweet I can't remember who it was but someone said um imagine how all the extroverts are feeling right now there's something about introversion and extroversion is that so I, again I use the example of my wife she won't mind she never listens to these podcasts Sabrina's, Sabrina's an, a, an extrovert right so she's right now she is struggling because she doesn't have a lot of interaction with a lot of it's a lot of social contact with a lot of the adults her age or anyone to speak to so she's struggling and I think in-person training um, tends to lend itself more to extrovert types. So yes. the, the trainer that's standing in front of a group of people, but also the people that are going to speak up during a training course in person are going to be more extrovert types anyway. So in fact, online training will probably appeal to more introverts mm -hmm. because they, they can distance themselves on a more regular basis from being... They can, they can physically mute themselves and that's really reassuring to know I'm not going to be heard by people, you know, and, and they can, you notice how many more people are using chat now than they would do uh, even on courses that people, I, I can see people using chat and people like using chat. There's a lot of questions. Uh, I did a call, uh, a user group last week and we said, yeah, fire your questions through by chat. And I'm pretty sure I got much more questions on chat than I would have done if I'd have asked people to, to speak them out, outright. Yeah. So it does. You think about it, again the software industry. Industry is me included, largely um, dealing with a lot of introverted people so that, that don't really like you know social too much social uh, spotlight. So this online um, approach may well be a, more appealing to, uh, from a training perspective to more introverted um, people. Mm. Yeah. It is. Um, it's a massive shift, isn't it? And that that's something that's that's come out, I've seen quite a lot, quite a lot. Deb Royce, I think was probably the person who, who put it most starkly um, around introversion, extroversion thing and seeing how, how funny it is or how interesting it is to see how the power shift from from extroversion to introversion yeah. massively yeah. impacting extroverts because they've, they've always had it their way. Yeah. Not, not deliberately, but it's been, that's been the easiest way for things to be geared. Yeah. And it's always been introverts having to fit into an extrovert. Open plan offices, there's lots of benefits to that, but it makes that introversion a lot, those with introversion 
uh, balance really uncomfortable yeah um and so this this complete distancing yeah it's completely shifting it mm. i think it should i think one thing that should come out of this a lot a lot of positives will come out of this but one of them i think should be greater empathy because we're yeah. we're, we're, we're we're aware of the, much more aware of everybody's challenges yes and extroverts are having to to sit in the shoes sit in the seats of introverts be introverts yeah. for a while yeah. i think you know well if introverts have had to sit in my world for a while geez how, how uncomfortable must that have been and just to think the other thing i think you're absolutely right and the amount of check-ins that that we're doing and completely naturally when people's health is um potentially at risk and people uh, are isolating and and more distant socially you have to work hard the overhead on uh, checking in is 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 higher so but i'm surprised at how much even my family and friends have thrived within that so i had a family first time ever I had a family Zoom call yesterday with my mum and dad and my sister on the same at the same time. Never done that before. Uh, would we have done that if this hadn't happened? Probably not. Um, we've had a house party, the house party app. We've we've done that with our university friends, and we weren't due to see them until I think Christmas. And there's people just so more time on their hands I, I i get that but people are just actually whatsapp is is constantly going with messages and quizzes and people um, making suggestions about what they how they can meet up and what they can talk about and when when are we going to meet again so i think it's yeah you're right seeing yeah. How, how companies and product managers have shifted their, some some product managers and product owners have shifted their company products priorities quite obviously Mm. And the, the one that stands out for me was was Netflix. I can't remember the name of the feature, but it's Netflix Party, I think, where almost instantly that that was released, so that people can hook up with their friends and watch a program at the same time. So it's it's streaming to everybody at the same time, mm. and introduced a, a real time chat function to go along within that group. Right. So it's like watching the film together. Yeah. Um, and and that feature, I reckon, I'm pretty sure that feature would have been a lot lower down their product backlog before this. But being yeah. able to flex and shift that, okay, well, that is now a lot more important than what we yeah. were doing before. And they, they reduced their definition of done as well. I don't know whether you noticed this. So the, they, the quality of the content's dropped, isn't it? They cut yeah. the quality of the content because the infrastructure demands, not just for them, so they took a personal, well, a, a, a personal hit, but they took a, a private hit themselves for the benefit of the wider society because they were clogging yeah. up a lot of the bandwidth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing what you see and, and some people are struggling to, to pivot and change, but others who are more agile mm. are able to pivot a lot better. Mm. And I'm sure we will see other companies that can't pivot that quickly, that will struggle and, and inevitably fail. But like it's, it's restaurant chains, or I know even some of those now I'm seeing that are perhaps um, suffering. But the ability for um, coffee shops to deliver, or to you know, to or for restaurant owners to switch to more takeaway options. Pub, my local pub near me is doing takeaway um, Sunday lunches, so they still have a full Sunday lunch table. So they they take orders for Sunday lunch yeah. up to a certain number, but now it's all just by 
uh, I think they leave it by, by the, the pub doors. People just come and pick it up. Mm. So it's, um, it's the ability to, yeah, to, um, to offer alternatives, even to, to keep your, to sustain your business. And that's yeah. inevitably what we're doing as well. We have to, we have to pivot. We have to look at different things and, and ways of keeping people engaged during these times. Well, acceptation as well. So you see Dyson, you see Tesla, you know, taking more acceptive stance of, oh, okay, so we don't need as many cars right now, but we do need ventilators. Okay, yeah. we can shift to make those. Tesla looking at thinking, well, yeah, our cars have uh, biohazard filters built into them. So, you know, there's no reason why we can't repurpose some of our manufacturing lines quite quickly to, uh, to build ventilators instead. Um, and yeah, Dyson have been have been doing that and changing what we do for what the overall society needs. It's, just but it's a, that again, it's that attachment to purpose, isn't it? And again, it's back to pink stuff around autonomy, mastery, purpose. That the fact that people will generally galvanise around a common struggle or a common, um, you know, a kind of yeah. achieve a benefit. So that kind of. And people keep referring to. It. I'm not not a big fan of the phrase, but this kind of wartime mentality, isn't it? That we've got to we've got to um, get together and we've got to um, all push in the same t- direction. That kind of blitz. I think the last time that the society yeah. has has done that, it, com- manufacturing companies changing what they make for yeah. the, for the for the war effort. I mean, it's not a war, but it's that same sense of collective purpose. Yeah. Um, and yeah, brewers changing from making. Yeah, alcohol to making hand sanitizer and giving it away to the NHS. We're making our own antibacterial hand gel here as a science project. Are you in the Watts household? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's I find it fascinating. I I think yeah, there's there's a hell of a lot of bad going on, but there's a hell of a lot of good coming out of it, and I think the good that's going to come out of it will trump the bad. Mm. Yeah, if we get through it. <laughs> Yes. No, I think it's, I think, I think you're right. It's putting a lot of stress on families though, isn't it? And families, I think one of the reasons families survive is that they don't have to be with each other 24 (laughs) seven. Yeah. We weren't, no one, no one was doing that really. And so it is changing that and you can get away from, you can get into your own little space and you can go and focus on something different and that opportunity has been taken away. So it's, it's putting a lot of pressure on people, relationships. Yeah, and so, some will come through it, some some won't. But um, I think some will come through it stronger, some and, so, and some will struggle. But um, generally, I think, on a from a mental health point of view, I think, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from a relaxed, more relaxed work structure because now work, for, well, certainly for me, isn't the priority. It's it's maintaining the health and looking after my children and, and, and that type of thing. So um, hopefully a lot of people take, take the time to take a look at the bigger, uh, the wider picture and, um, and slow down a bit. I think we can all benefit from slowing down. I know there's a lot of um, stress, but hopefully it will free people up to, you know, just, just to enjoy their families and, and, um, and take a bit of time to, to think about what's going on. Hopefully. Mm. All right, mate. All right, buddy. Well, we can still do this virtually. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we might even find some apples, mate. Make your own cider. (laughs) I know, because Sainsbury's are running out. Um, Yeah, well, uh, we will probably also, if we haven't done it already, you've probably seen from the uh, 
the the title of these podcasts they might be renamed to be something more slightly appropriate because we're not in a pub which kind of defeats the object um but we are safe that's the main thing jeff we're not in a everywhere's pub, a pub these days mate everywhere's a pub <laughs> Okay, we'll um, we'll um, we'll keep these rolling out. We might we'll reopen the doors of the the, the social distance in um, each week. If you're interested in coming and joining us after work on Friday, we'll try and vary the uh, the activities and the, the conversations that we talk about. But uh, for now, uh, from Jeff and I, stay safe, stay at home, keep washing your hands, um, and yeah, and enjoy the time that we that you've got with with your families now. Keep keep them safe. Look after yourselves and each other. Yeah, and each other. Cheers, mate. Very good, mate. See you soon. Ta-da.